You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And I'm Simone, and I'm Nicoletta's friend who likes to talk about fucking, and I'm also in law school. And this week, we are joined by Remy Casimir, who's the host of the How Come podcast, and her sister, the producer. Uh, How Come podcast is basically about Remy wanting to come. Yeah. Um, so welcome, Remy and Charlotte. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We're so fucking happy to have you. Um, we know each other because we were a feature in the same Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> so sick. Congra- congratulations, you guys. That's mm. what we like to say at our house. I'm a big fan of congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, they were so they were so kind to tag us and let us know. Otherwise, we like wouldn't have found out. Right? So, How many times? Okay, now this is like such a... Non-relatable issue. No, no, but a non-relatable issue. But when somebody is like, oh, I saw your article in da-da-da, and you're like, what came out? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We've had people send us random shit, too. Yeah. It's like Um, a lovely surprise. Yeah. The first time we were in Cosmo, we had no idea. And somebody was like, oh, my God, just found out about this. And I was like, me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, the first time we were in Cosmo. Love it. It was only the one time before. Don't you think they should let us know? They should. I know, it's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. But also, like, keep doing you. should be like, here's really free <laughs> everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we love you. Thanks for featuring us. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the podcast. Yes. You were 28 years old and yeah. had never had an orgasm. True. And just wanted to talk about it to the general public? Um. So I am a stand-up comic, and I hadn't come my entire life and I guess I wasn't really talking about it with too many people um I talked about it with an ex like years ago when I realized like some of my girlfriends who were like getting married and stuff were finally opening up a little bit and then I was like okay boyfriend like we've been together two years like I haven't come and so him and I tried for a little and then it didn't really work and then I shut it down until um it was actually 2017 Um, I was doing a lot of stand-up. I saw a lot of women talking about their first orgasms. I was asking them for tips. And then I finally told Charlotte, I was like, "Um, okay, all these women are allegedly coming, and (laughs) I am not doing that. Like, have you ever done that? And she's like, well, like, alone, yeah, but, like, not with another person, really. Mm. And I was like, oh, you're younger than me. That's fucked up. I would (laughs) like to also come then. Um, Because, yeah, we're, like, three and a half years apart. I thought... I thought I taught you everything you knew. And I also, like, we talk about everything. I thought she was because she has taught me so much, and she was the one who told yeah. me to you get mean, like, my first vibrator. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, yeah, about boys, or I told her what a blowjob was, totally. I guess, when she was, like, six. Yeah, and so since she was this vibrator or whatever, I was like, oh, she's definitely been doing it forever. Like, I never thought twice. I was definitely masturbating, but I had never come. Like, I didn't ever see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so I'd already been thinking. So about, how did you decide when you were done? Exactly. Like I was, I would just kind of get bored or frustrated and be like, I'm broken. This isn't going to happen. And oh. then I would just either cry or just 
get angry or go to sleep. Or, get you know, mad. Yeah, get mad. <laughs> um, if you listen to the first few episodes of How Come, I'm, like, so angry. I'm just like, welcome to How Come. I can't fucking come. I fucking hate my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so after that conversation with Charlotte, I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to try some of the tricks that, like, you and my friends in stand-up have been giving me. And after a few little tries and then give-ups, I, I was like, whatever, like, it's not for me. And Charlotte's friend had told her that she was a lazy masturbator because she wouldn't do it digitally. And so Charlotte's like, you're just a lazy masturbator in general. And I was like, totally. I need something that's going to hold me accountable. And then How Come was born. Um, so every week in the beginning, I'd have, like, a guest co-host. Charlotte was our first guest co-host because she was it was somebody I could be comfortable with and talk to. And then the main guest we interview about um, their first time coming. And then they give me an assignment that I had to do. Um, in order to make me come. And by week six, I did it. And now the podcast has pivoted to like, yeah. what is your sexual weirdness that you, or weirdness in quotes, that you think is weird, you think you're alone about? How do we find all these things that people are feeling alone and connect them with stories that they can relate to and feel better? Like oh, I did. Yeah. So good. That's so important. I feel like that's kind of, I mean, it's similar to what we do, mm-hmm. but ours is more just like, Similar to you, like, shining a light. We don't expect to necessarily make people connect yeah. to people who have weird things, but we definitely try to interview people across, like, the kink and sexuality and professional spectrum. But when I say weird, though, like, some people write and be like, um, I tested, like, I tasted my own discharge. Is that weird? No, like, I do it no. all the time. Yeah, but, like, it's just little things that, like, <laughs> like literally, all the time. No, like, literally, even if someone isn't, like, about to eat me out and it, like, has, like, a special texture, I'm like, what does this like, one taste ooh, like? Yeah, I know, and... I would have never admitted that before this year, but you know what? It's fine. And like, if someone else is going to be down there, like, why would I not enjoy my cream creme de remy? <laughs> and it's, we also like creme de rem. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. But a lot of I think the way people um, talk about sex today also is often performative, and the way we see sex portrayed. Whereas this podcast started and it's like really has become for everyone, just like anyone to relate to, um, like all you said, like the weird vulnerabilities that we all have but don't talk about. Yeah, like we've got men being sensitive and shit. So sensitive is the best. <laughs> we love a sensitive man. I love a sensitive man. I mean, something that we talk a lot about on the podcast is like how Simone and I ended up feeling confident in our sexuality. And so mm-hmm. since you two are sisters, I find it so interesting that I'm, I'm assuming you were raised in the same family. Yes. Same room most of our lives. Yeah. Truth. So like, <laughs> maybe that's why you never fucking came. Because <laughs> like, it would have been weird to masturbate in the same room. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm not here. Even, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely have like a hand down there, but then you're always yeah, thinking like, my sister's in the room. Yeah. Like, this is weird. I would, I would truly ascribe, not that exclusively, but I definitely could see. Yeah. But I feel like by the time you were in high school, we had separated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think by I then know. I already thought that I was one of the women that just didn't right. come. Like, I don't know, it's just not taught. You're not taught in sex ed you're not when you're 11 pleasure. how to masturbate. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure. yeah. you should, about, in my, don't get pregnant. In, in our opinion, um, I, you totally should. I think should. so, too. And, like, we got a, a letter today, a letter, I'm so, I'm like, in the 90s. Um, we got a message <laughs> on Instagram that was like, <laughs> Uh, I talked to my little sister about consent and she's 16. Do you think 16 is an appropriate age to be listening to the podcast? And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, 16, that sounds good. But then she's like, how low would you start someone? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
Like, because I also don't want to make any little kid who's not ready to hear something think that they have to do the, no- like, they yeah. have to be tasting their cum, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> we actually had a really interesting guest, um, Melissa Carnegie. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. She is all about sex-positive parenting. Mm. And, like, it is actually okay to talk to your kid about sex. Like, it sex at any age, pleasure at any age, and, like, consent can stop yeah. at any age. Yeah. Like, like as a toddler, you can be like, do you want me to hug you? And if they say yes. no, you don't do it. That was totally. a huge thing for us, too, this week, because yeah. we do Instagram polls and stuff, and uh, I think we were just on the topic of, have you ever been hugged against your will as an adult or, or as a child, like, to hold... Like, hu- made like to hug made a family hug, member yeah, that like, you don't like. Hug Uncle Steve, let him kiss you, or whatever. And you're and like, like, fuck Uncle Steve! And that's literally, like, when you're learning about consent. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, and it's a lot of little girls, too, are expected to hug, like, mm-hmm. more than little boys. And I always felt this immense guilt that I was like, I think most of the men in our family are gross. I more meant the, like, I guess the nature versus nurture debate. Like, if you both grew up with the same family, yeah. potentially with the same education or sex ed or lack of, um, I wonder how it became possible for one of you and not for you, Remy. Yeah, I don't know. I Because th- I think the mental place was different. I was coming into a place of, oh, I don't come. She was coming from a place of, Remy owns a vibrator. She must be coming. This must be a thing that's possible for us, like, Mm -hmm. and genetically possible in our family. Like, she just had a different mindset, and and being in your head is such a big part of it, too. Um, I know that, like, when I started trying, like, most of the time, like, really trying, I would just be thinking, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What are we even doing here? I'm sorry that you're even down there. Ugh, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. And then that's not fun for anyone. Definitely. It is so mental. Yeah, and the more you think about it, the less it's going to happen. It's pushed further away. Yeah. I mean, and we also, this is something we talk about a lot, is, like, the idea of conceiving of sex as pleasure-oriented, not Mm -hmm. goal-oriented. So I don't, although I think you're, like, desire to come is like completely like commendable and understandable once you like release that responsibility Mm. and like sometimes I feel like we even make it about the other person like I don't want to make them feel bad that I'm not coming yeah um it kind of maybe becomes a lot easier to come but definitely becomes a lot easier mentally to like enjoy yourself yeah I think you're more in the moment yeah I I think I wasn't thinking about I'm not having enough pleasure either because I really enjoyed having sex. Like, it always felt good. I love intimacy. I love, like, skin-on-skin contact. Um, So I wasn't like, I'm having a bad time, but I didn't know that there could be so much more if you know what you want and can ask for those things Yeah, the entire time. Did you tell your partners or did you lie and say that you were coming? I never lied. I had one boyfriend for, like, two and a half years. I told him at the two-year mark, because I was like, I think I'm not having orgasms. Like, I, I, w- I just wasn't sure. I was like, maybe I'm just having so many of them that I'm not realizing. <laughs> um, and, yeah, him and I... The whole time is an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this and you think that's you, it's not. That's not a thing. Um, it's not? No. <laughs> you can't just, like, come, 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 come? Oh, you can, but you would know about it. Oh. Like, there's no one walking around just, like, coming all the time being like... <laughs> Well, sometimes when I have a vaginal orgasm, I'm not entirely sure if it's an <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. When no, I there's definitely moments. I mean, I think the female orgasm is a lot more complicated. There's a lot of different ways. There are a lot of different feelings. I've experienced different orgasms yeah. now that sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure. But I'm not as oh, goal-oriented sure. where I'm like, well, it was still a good feeling. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. and I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was wondering, like, knowing what you know now about yourself, like, 
what do you think the cause of this was? Was it lack of sex ed? Was it lack of knowledge about your body? Was it like touching yourself the wrong way for you? Like, why was mm. this happening? I think it, it, yeah, it was all the above. And then also personally, I don't think I had any really close female friends who would talk about that stuff in a very open way. Like the way that we would tell each other about our conquest was like, like I got this guy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I had this screaming orgasm. Um, It just wasn't. So interesting. Yeah. And the weirdest part too was like, even though I did have orgasms, like my first one, I think I was 20. Um, but I had had a boyfriend for about, when I was 20, I guess two years at that point and another two years after that. But I think I probably came a handful of times with him. So I think like in that respect, we had a very similar like mental block of, for me it was, I'm, it's never gonna happen with him. Like I was way too insecure. I didn't know my own body well enough to know what I wanted with a guy or even ask for it and speak up. And I think that's really helped like, that's changed so much since the podcast started. Like, I speak up more, I masturbate more, but like, I know my body more. And it just really changes how you interact with someone else too, not just your own sex life. Mm-hmm. When was your first orgasm, Nicoletta? Well, that's what was so interesting because I was, as I, as I was researching the pod and when I've listened before and asking people, like, when was their first I don't remember because yeah. I started so early. Great. Um, That's so like commonplace. When I was been young. Breathing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't think, I, I don't have like a specific memory of like this was the time. Um, I know when I like first started self-pleasuring and like thinking sexually about a person. Mm. Um, but before that, I know that I was self-pleasuring and having what I would consider orgasms, but not knowing what they were and not thinking it was like sex related. It was just like a release that in past episodes I've described as like, I would call it exercising. (laughs) Um, So I know that like my first time was on the pole at the park. (gasps) My boyfriend Um, too. And then I also think. Oh, interesting. Really? Not in the same. So I was going to say, I have another, I have a boyfriend now and I've had him the entire time I've been running the podcast and he first uh, used to get off on the jungle gym, but he didn't understand what he was doing. He would push himself up and strong up and like tense up his yeah. whole body. And that's what you did? Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah, except you're it was my like, boyfriend. Oh yeah, I'm your boyfriend. Goodness. It was like the vertical pole though. So I would like wrap my legs around it and sort of just like clench okay. my body and sort yeah. of like, I guess grind up and down, but similar thing of just like flexing of the muscles. Um, but I used to live in New York, so I wonder if your boyfriend and I use the same park. No, he was in Portland. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Oh, oh, bummer. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, and I know we talked about this in our, our first episode was literally about us masturbating as children. Amazing. Um, and I, I, my first orgasm, I don't think necessarily happened when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I was a showerhead person. Mm, okay. So I would, like, use the showerhead on my clit until I, like, collapsed on the floor of the shower. <laughs> um... But then when I was like 18, it was my freshman year of college and I'd been sexually active for a while and like very into sex and I'd always been like a very like bodily contact person. Mm -hmm. And then once I was high and I had my period and so my boyfriend did not penetrate me digitally or penetrate me at all. He just rubbed my clit Mm -hmm. and it was my high school boyfriend who I'd been, you know, fucking for years. And then it happened. Oh, that's God. amazing. And I was terrified that it wouldn't happen if I weren't high after that. Or if there wasn't a bloody disaster. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with sex on your period. But after You're like, I only fuck on my period. <laughs> I mean, I started my period today if anybody wants. Yes. Um, like I need lube. We've had a lot of people write in and they've had their first orgasms after listening to the podcast and experimenting with weed mm-hmm. because I smoke it a lot and it helped me relax too. So, yeah, ladies. Can wow. be really great. Do wait, more drugs. Wait, I want to <laughs> hear about your. But it wasn't necessarily the cannabis. It was the obviously the relaxation that came from yeah, it that allowed exactly. you to like be in your body. Exactly. It could have been like a warm tea and a bath, mm. <laughs> and a nice little head scratch, or like yeah. or like the patriarchy dismantling. Ooh, <laughs> just yeah. like not feeling surrounded by rape culture all the time. Yeah, like if if like mother left Mike Pence. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but wait, so I want to hear about yours. Like, first? Yes. Okay. Um, so it's interesting because I, I said um, a lot of my guests would give me assignments, right, during the podcast. The thing that ended up working wasn't even an assignment from the podcast. I was kind of doing the comedy podcast circuit because all of my friends were finding out Remy's not coming. Like, we want to talk about this. This is, like, such a weird thing that she's come out with and um, yeah and so I went on my friend Casey Salango Patrick Schroeder and Will Winner's podcast The Good the Dad and the Ugly um, they only interview women and we were talking about it and Will was like have you ever tried this toy the womanizer oh my god <laughs> I had not, Um, but it had worked for our other friend, Rachel Sennett. She'd never had an orgasm, used the womanizer, told Will about it, and um, yeah. So I bought that, and I, we were supposed to record (laughs) episode five of the podcast, and I, I got in this thing in the mail, and I was like, I'm so desperate to use this. I'm so pent up and angry and excited. And um, I put it on for like two seconds and I was like, fuck, I was like, this is going to happen. I was like, I got to record this fifth episode before the news breaks. Um, So we recorded the episode. I like held out. And then the second uh, my guests left, I turned on Rihanna like so fucking loud, got a towel for my bed because we had had a lot of squirting talk. So I was like, it's probably going to happen to me. Um, (laughs) And got in my room, was going to use the womanizer. My grandmother, who I live with, literally the second I turn it on, she comes through the door, I'm home. And I was like, get in your room. Get in your fucking room. And she's like, okay. And so she like went in her room and then I I went back to my spot. I put it on. It was maybe 30 seconds Mm -hmm. before first squirt, first like, what? And then I was like, well, I'm very wet. And so then I walked to the bathroom and I was like, I don't know if that was... It felt like a really nice jolt, but it didn't feel like I was finished. Oh, yeah. um, and now I realize it's because I have multiples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the time, and especially that first one just with, sets it off. Yeah, yeah. It, like it literally like, um, it's like broke, a primer. It broke the dam. <laughs> um, and oh so I'm in the bathroom, and I'm like, oh my god! And I was like, you have to like try really hard. And sometimes I talk to myself in the mirror, and this was no exception. <laughs> and you're I, no lazy masturbator. I was like, you. <laughs> You don't give up. Like, I know that... You got this. I was like, I know that your legs are shaking and your face is sweating, but you got this, girl. You keep that on and you turn it up to six. Um, And so I did. And then I was really shaking because, like, you can't stand and come. It's, like, physically impossible, I think, for what... I don't know. I just collapsed. Yeah, I collapsed. Oh, I've done it. Oh, really? Yeah, I've done it. Shut up, you. But you also come vaginally, don't you? 
Yeah. Well, I collapsed. My my legs were like weak as fuck. I ended up on my little bath mat, and I was like, "This is good. The water will go here." <laughs> and, and then I did it a few more times, and then I was so happy. And then I started hysterically crying because I was like, "I don't know what just happened. Am I sure? Yes, I'm sure." And now I have to end this podcast. I think like it was so many thoughts and like uh, like a very spirally moment, but it was really fun and really cool. And I did it for the next year for. Forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, the womanizer. Yeah, you're like, fuck, I have to come up with a new shtick. Yeah, well, but that was the thing is we, I kind of was like corresponding with the listeners and I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this. Like it could be like an HBO John Adams miniseries, you know, six <laughs> episodes and we're out. And they were like, no, first of all, we want you to do it digitally. Like they, they were like, we want you to like figure it out in other ways. We want you to do it with another person just so that they can learn about that for their own edification. And I'm happy to be the guinea pig. And I was like, yeah, I shouldn't just, like, quit. That would be, like, dumb. Um, And so... It was just like we were getting so many amazing messages, too, from people, how it had helped them and changed their lives, whether it was other women who had not come or even men saying, like, I hadn't talked about this stuff with my wife or something, and now Mm -hmm. we have these open conversations and our Mm -hmm. relationships have gotten better. And I think that's what we've learned. It's like there's so much more to just, you know, ticking a goal off the list. Hey, listeners. Pause with me for a moment and take a big, deep breath. (sighs) Hopefully you aren't feeling stressed listening to this episode, but for the other hours in the day, we have something for you. I'm super excited to announce our sponsors for this episode. Introducing Calm, the number one app to help you reduce anxiety and stress and help you sleep better. If you head to calm.com slash S and S, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes guided meditations on issues like anxiety, stress, and focus, including a brand new meditation each day. They even have soothing music and more. I've been giving this as a tool for clients for years and using it myself, so I'm really excited, but also calm, that they have generously helped to sponsor this episode. Right now, Sluts and Scholars listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com backslash S and S. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash S-A-N-D-S. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash S and S. Thanks so much. Back to the episode. So yeah, that's one of the best things I think about having a sex podcast is hearing about how profoundly you've affected people's lives in, like, a really surprising way. Yeah, Yeah. or hearing about an issue that you didn't know existed, Mm -hmm. um, that you didn't know could be an issue for someone else, and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, who cool, I can help you with this, actually. And I don't feel very helpful in most of my life, um, so this is good. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how it changed your relationship with yourself and with your partner after this happened. Huge shift in both departments, um... Like Charlotte always says, when you can speak up in the bedroom, you can also speak up in the boardroom or anywhere else. Um, but I, I literally, I feel. Is that my voice? Yes, that's Charlotte. <laughs> this is Thank I'm you. Charlotte. I'm Charlotte. We used to have the same voice, and now she has this sexy voice. <laughs> um, uh, they both sound pretty sexy I'm to me. Charlotte. I have, I have sex, sex with everyone. <laughs> um, that's but, not. That's not me. That's, <laughs> that's Samantha Jones, who also sounds like Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, how it changed the dynamic with your oh, boyfriend. That's what I was saying to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> or with yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it really changed how, like, 
I'm not worried about if he ever breaks up with me now because I'm good. I can sexually satisfy myself, which wasn't even a concept to me, which is crazy to look back on now, but I used to just seek sexual pleasure through like experiences with men, you know, because like that's what sex is. But like, no, you can have full sex with yourself, which is crazy that, that it's like wasn't obvious. Um, and now, yeah. And sometimes have, it's better. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a real good time. She knows where to grab. She knows exactly what I'm thinking. Um, she's like, you need a snack. And I'm she like, you're right. She doesn't care if you like, are thinking about something else. She doesn't care if I fart during. I mean, he doesn't really either. But um, I think he likes this version of me, too, because she's much more self-sufficient. And, like, we'll he, on. yeah, it's like um, before he was, like, trying to, like, traverse a forest with, like, no map and a machete. And now I'm like, here's this beautiful path. Let's go somewhere. This is so... Making my heart sing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I, I realized, love that that like comment made your heart sing. I mean, I, I think especially with the womanizer, like I fucking love the womanizer. We talk about it a lot. If you want to mm. do a deal with us, womanizer, like no problem. Um, but um, one thing I noticed about the womanizer in particular is that it enabled me to come more easily with a partner. Totally, sure. I yeah. see that too. I think like it makes I your found body my acclimate more, more like mm-hmm. from oral sex, which typically doesn't. Mm, I mean, it happens yeah. sometimes. Because there's a similarity, so you're yeah, like it's like the head of your life. Yeah, I always felt like when I was having sex like two years ago or something that when I would use a vibrator, it made me depend on it. Like, mm. and then I would need it. Whereas the womanizer, I feel like it like preps me, like has taught me how to come more easily. Like. Mm. It's like you were saying, like you acclimate rather than mm-hmm. depend on something. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with depending on yeah. something to come. There I think is, we all. Nothing. Like, okay, that was another thing, too, is, I, like, I still kind of have this judgment that I'm like, well, if I end up on a desert island, I'm fucked. But, like, likely that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's and okay if you need a toy because yeah. we live in a place with electricity. <laughs> Um, and there's this great, I mean, maybe you would want to have her as a guest. Dr. Lori Mintz came on our podcast. I've heard of her. She's incredible. Her book is called Becoming Clitorate, and she really talks about this, like, hierarchy of orgasms that we yes. create in society, yeah. which is, like, fucking stupid. Yes. And, like, a, it is basically, it basically stems from the fact that, like, we are in a phallocentric society, and, like, an orgasm involving a penis going into your vagina is, like, the best type of orgasm. Mm-hmm. And then second to that is, like, someone's fingers making you come or someone's hand making you come, and that, like, it's not as good if it's external and not as good if it's mm-hmm. with a toy, and, like, mm-hmm. that's so fucking dumb. Totally. Yeah, and there's this whole thing of, like, you have... I think people like the internal, like, or the intercourse model because it's like, oh, you could come together. But most <laughs> hetero couples will not. Yeah. Like, the woman needs literally more time yeah. more often. Or the man does, too. But, like, totally I think that, like, pressure of we need to do this together is so weird. Yeah, we're like, on different time schedules. Yeah. Like, but also, like, you don't have... Or that or that sex has to end with penetration. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing we yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Like, I have a lot of guys come into my therapy office who describe themselves as, like, premature ejaculators or they're coming before they want to. And the first thing I ask is like, what makes this a problem? Mm -hmm. Like it's only a problem if it's a problem. And so we talk about like, well, if you come early, do you play with them before? Do you play with your partner after? And they're like, no. Right. It's like the the entire (laughs) book She Comes First is about like he was a premature ejaculator. And so he became a master of cunnilingus. Yeah. Yeah. 
Huh. Yes. Yeah. Done. Another Stay thing. sexy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, who yeah. cares? Right. Another thing about like masturbation, like coming solo, is made me realize that I, and what you were talking about, like I am fine on my own if my boyfriend breaks up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have like a like a partner right now, but um, I realize that I don't go to other people for orgasms. Like I go to other people for sensations, for mm-hmm. like the feeling of another body on me or the feeling of like kissing or like really yeah. enjoying someone yeah. and wanting to connect with them. Yeah. But I'm not like I want to have sex with you because I want to come. Sure. If right. I come, it's nice, but mm-hmm. it's far like that is something I can do to myself. But what I can't do to myself is like spank me. I can't kiss myself. You can though. I mean, yeah, you can. I do. I mean, I've done it. Like I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could spank you yourself can easily. Also, hug yourself. Charlotte and I talk about this. It's true. I'll do it right now. A bad day or whatever. Yeah. Charlotte will go. You just just tell yourself. You're safe. okay. You're okay. <laughs> but you can't kiss yourself. That's you a big one. I love yourself. kissing. Really? Yeah. If you take your knee and you, like, make it like that. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a I kid, actually. I'd come home. I've kissed my shoulders a lot. Yeah. Like, I would come home with hickeys on my knees when I was in, like, second grade. Like, wow. I would just sit inside. Oh, yeah, of course. Me and Lido were having a hot makeout of recent. <laughs> But I guess that's a good point. Like if you're not going to your partner for orgasms, it does take the pressure off. But I wonder for for people who either are going to their partners for orgasms or just anyone, like do you ever get frustrated when your partner isn't touching you the way that um, you're used to touching yourself? Yes, but because I've had this journey while I've been with him, like he's been learning with me. And like, even when I wasn't ready to really speak up, like I would sometimes play him early episodes and be like, can you just listen to this for sound issues? And like, <laughs> tell me if you hear anything weird. And then he'd like casually <laughs> learn about what I wanted. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and now like. So sneaky. Yeah. But I have other, like I, I used to notice um, with him and my ex if they weren't getting me off, which they never were, because they didn't know how, because I didn't know how, I'd get really angry at them, and I'd say snappy things like, don't do that, or whatever. And now, like, through the podcast, we've learned these tools of, oh, I like it when you do this, and, like, I'm really excited for you to touch me here. You know, like, I know I have better tools now. Literally, to, yeah. Yeah, take care of it and make him not feel bad and make him feel, like, excited. And learning that telling someone what to do in the bedroom isn't offensive. Like, mm-hmm. I always had that in my mind that if I was telling them what to do that they would be hurt, mm-hmm. that they would think that they were doing something wrong or that they didn't know what they were doing. And a and lot they were, of people... And they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and they know fucking know. <laughs> no, but, but like, how could they people... be expected to? Nobody's are the exactly. same. Exactly. I, I always say it's like handing somebody a nine-sided Rubik's Cube and being like, figure this out, and you're naked. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, and it's like they yeah, and that's be good I mean, it, but if they're responding and they don't want to learn how to do it, then that's the problem. That's exactly. The problem. But then yeah. you probably shouldn't be fucking them. Yeah. Exactly, and that's something to learn. That's too. what I'm saying. Then that's the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also used to think like if a guy like really wanted to do something on you, like you kind of just had to be like, okay. Sorry, what do you mean? Like if a guy was like if I was dating my ex and he was like, I really want to try anal, and I'd be like. Okay, I guess that's a thing that we should do because mm. we should try it. Other people are doing it or whatever. But it's like that angle was like he wanted to do it to check off a box and not necessarily thinking that like, oh, we should try anal sex because anal sex is actually really pleasurable for some mm. people and Remy could really like it. Interesting. Did you have things that you wanted to check off? Yeah. I even I checked myself two weeks ago because we were talking about anal sex and I was saying that I used to want to only want a guy who would want to 
um, try pegging or whatever. But then I'm, I'm like, like, that's trying not... to find one if you're one and yeah, you want to that... fuck me, like, <laughs> just like message us on Instagram. Yeah, but one of our <laughs> guests had said too, you. she was like, oh yeah, I was talking to this guy and he said he'd never let me peg him. So I was like, well, then you're not going to be the last guy I hook up with. And I was like, ha ha ha, amazing. But then I'm like, like, what if that's just something he's not in? Like, we can't just be checking up boxes yeah. on people. I think a counter to that, um, and maybe Nicoletta can speak even more scientifically, or not scientifically, but therapeutically, mm. um, which I guess is science because psychology is science of the mind, <laughs> um, is that <laughs> one thing that I've realized, especially through doing this podcast and like finding out, like talking to people when their partners like don't have the same desires, mm-hmm. is we also feel like we're supposed to find this one person that like checks all of the boxes. Yes. Yeah. And so like, I think it's totally, like in my mind, if I really wanted to peg someone and my partner was like, that is a hard no for me I wouldn't be like that's the last like he's not the last person that I'm gonna hook up with but like maybe that's an okay thing and having that conversation and like Mm, once you reach that level then you can Mm -hmm. be like hey this pegging fantasy is like really huge for me and I would love to be able to try it out like what would be a safe way for us to work up to it or something I mean the thing is like I feel like at least with anal a lot of guys were not trying to like be like Let's do it and maybe start with a finger. Let's do this in a nice way so it can be feel good for you. Yeah. It was like, let's just like shove it in an ass. I was like, like, ooh, that's not your vagina. Whatever, right? we're here. Whoops. <laughs> Made it. <laughs> Wrong hole. Oops. Oops. And I think then we have this yeah. conception too that like it was horrible and scary. And it's like, as long as someone really cares about your pleasure, a lot of things can be very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to baby steps. Yeah. I love talking about babies and anal in the same sentence. <laughs> you cannot have a baby from anal, I guess. I mean, but you I guess could, it could like get, if you do like a sort of cream other way. pie sitch and then you like yeah, put and your the, butt up yeah. in the air and, and, and it like melts drips through your crack and like goes into and your vagina. That's and then you do and then you do a headstand. No, that's you know I challenge about accepted. That on I didn't know I was pregnant. It can happen, yeah. It can happen. It can happen. That's truly what happened. And I didn't, okay, yeah, so it's possible. I think it's possible. I've never watched that show. Anything's possible if you set your mind to it. Yeah. <laughs> like a vault. Like people who are all of a sudden nine months pregnant and they didn't know and then they're just like going into labor. Yeah. yeah like on the toilet. Okay, often. it's really not that uncommon. Like I've met a lot of people who didn't know they were pregnant at like 20 weeks and things like that. It's really not that uncommon. And like That's I think why there's a, this show has been on for like five seasons. Yeah, I and think. I think honestly one of the like I know we make fun of people who don't know that they're pregnant because we're like, how the fuck could you not know? But I really think it's a testament to the lack of sex education that we sure. have yeah. in America. Yeah. And oh, for sure. the fact that like we're not taught to pay attention to our bodies and like I'm very pro, like, looking at your cervix. Like, I mm. think everybody should see their cervix. I would be happy to teach either of you to look at it. Okay. Um, got speculums okay. and everything. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, we don't, like, th- we're, we're, like, taught that only the gynecologist, like, knows about that part of our body. Mm-hmm. And, like, we can't talk about it with our friends and all this sort of stuff. And I think that if you really were to pay attention, like, how your cycle feels and, like, tracking your cycle and, like, looking at your cervix, like, or just, like, being able to, like, sit and be like, okay... I'm having my period. What does that mean? You like realize when you don't yeah. have it, and I don't know, just like noticing changes in your body. Yeah. You're, like so, not told to pay attention to. It. I think I also know. we're except like, for like aesthetic purposes. Periods yeah. are so like gross seeming to so many people. Are like in like the media, you know, like everything is like oh gross. Period. You gotta hide it or whatever. So when you don't get it for nine months, you're like oh lucky me. <laughs> we we talk a lot about like what people think. Um, about our, our sluttery on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe I'm assuming, but I think because of the the orgasm thing we're talking about, it sounds like maybe your parents didn't talk to you guys a lot about sex 
or maybe they did, but I wonder like what they think about um, this podcast or if they have listened and um, responded. So our parents are both medical professionals, so they've always spoken really medically about sex and stuff. And like they were very honest, like we, we knew what the parts were called. My mom did say sex is supposed to be fun. She always made that a point. She said it's supposed to be fun. But she didn't, t- like, there wasn't, like, it's supposed to end in an orgasm for you. And it was fun for me. So that's why I wasn't really, like, seeing any issue. Um, but she never told us about masturbating. She didn't tell us about squirting. She didn't tell us about um, a number of things. Um, yeah. Our dad kind of, he didn't talk about sex, but he was always very about, you have to find the right person in general. And I think that made me judge myself Um when I was hooking up with people, I'm like, oh, is this not the right person? Should I not be doing this because this isn't the exact right person? Um, which I wish I, I could have told my younger self, like, hook up with whoever you want. Like, How else are you going to find the right person? Yeah. <laughs> you won't know until you're fucking. Try out some cows before you buy the milk <laughs> or whatever. Suck on the milk? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lower yourself beneath their swollen. <laughs> ah, the moon. Oh my god, do you love red? I love red. It's like my fold. Oh my god. I have so many good red stories. I'm Um, literally flying to San Francisco this summer to see red with my ex-girlfriend, which is like probably the gayest thing I've done. It is very gay. Yeah. So good. I didn't know that Take Me or Leave Me was two women for the longest time because I didn't see red. I just listened to it and I guess one of the I just assumed Joanne was a man yeah I was like okay there's a a man that sounds like a lady and another lady (laughs) (laughs) but that's heteronormative that's also our sex education yes we're like not taught about like being queer and we're not taught about people who are intersex and we're not taught about like trans Mm -hmm. individuals like I thought it was so interesting when we first started the podcast. Like, I was doing some research into the stats, and there's hardly, like, any pleasure gap when it comes to, like, lesbian sex. Mm. Yeah. Like, women in heterosexual relationships are not coming. Mm -hmm. But in gay relationships, they're good. Same time schedule. True. I literally, Dr. Lorimans tweeted about this today. She's like, women come all the time because we forget about, like, the phallocentric requirements. Yeah. Or, like, alleged requirements. I think one of the biggest issues for me, like, this this first sex tie I owned and she owned because I owned it was the rabbit that was, like, talked about on Sex and the City. And that is a very dick-centric mm-hmm. toy. It's There's, like, a little bit of There's it. a little stim, and Charlotte was doing something where she was turning it around, but I thought... <laughs> and I only use the ears. And she only use the ears, which <laughs> so is smart. what you should... But I thought you have to have this ginormous <laughs> cock in you. And like, it was like made of like toxic jelly. Do not buy those. Yeah, ones. and it gets so dirty. And like my ex would use it on me, and it was like weird. Like they don't need. Like there doesn't need to be a dick in the room yeah. for a woman to get off. In fact, there should not be. Yeah. That's why they're afraid. That's why people with penises are afraid. Yeah. yeah. But also, I, I think it's funny when guys are like, oh, now that you're like, nah, 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 like you don't want to, you're not going to want a boyfriend anymore. No, no, no. I don't need a boyfriend anymore, anymore, but I want one. I like him for so many other things. And like, yeah. I'm like, you're kind of, he's never said this, but men, I'm like, you're reducing yourself if you think all we want you 100%. for is your penis. Like, we like you. Yeah. We want to hang out with sure, you. Sure, shitting for your dick. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like, I didn't even. Some, I saw, sometimes. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your face before I saw your little head, you know? Like, <laughs> you know. no, I can't think of a single person with a penis that I would, like, 
just pick them for their penis and like no other quality. And that puts so much less pressure on them too. Like yeah. it's a wonderful thing because men have this toxic masculinity where they think I need the biggest fucking dick in the room. <laughs> no, I don't like Actually, it. you pretty much just need your hand in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And we good. <laughs> yeah. That's really true. But it also means that you won't stay in a relationship just to, to have that with somebody. That totally. you know you can provide it for yourself. So you're not like stuck with some shitty partner. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All this talk about like what we should include in sex education though makes me think of like if a teacher were to include a description or education of like what an orgasm feels like, like mm-hmm. what would they say? Like how would you even describe it? Because I don't know, I was thinking about when people were saying like, have I had an orgasm? And that there are varying degrees of types of orgasm that people with vulvas have. Yeah. And so I just wonder like, how would you guys describe it? I don't even know how I would describe it. There was a great number of descriptions. I was featured on um, Netflix Explained. They talked to me about our podcast and um, the whole episode was on the female orgasm and it started with a, a bunch of women describing how theirs feel. And some of them are like, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. And some of them was like, I feel like something exploded inside me. Like for me, it's like, oh man. <laughs> like, it feels like an aura is like pulsating and then eventually like splits out from like all sides of your body. Like mm-hmm. when in Beauty and the Beast, the beast becomes a man <laughs> and like all the light shines from out of his face. And then like Hercules when he's crawling yeah, out of the death yeah. face. Any Disney movie is how I come is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's so I just feel like it's like um like a lot of pressure very fast too. Like mm. Like, what was um, Hannah saying yesterday? Like, if she was saying that our friend said how she farted during sex because she was trying really hard to come. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, like, really Tightening. tensing up. Yeah. 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 Which is probably why her boyfriend and you both had that experience of, like, being so tense on a, uh, a jungle gym. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. All this pressure inside of you that then... Yeah. I've had women list, uh, write to us, too, um, who had ab orgasms. Like, they say they can't go to the gym because when they do crunches, they'll come. That is probably because, like, the clitoris is, like, in so much of your body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just, just the tip. But back to the describing orgasms, I would mm. love to give a shout-out to Lioness, which is this really cool company that has a, vibra- a vibrator that has a decelerogyrometer in it. So it, like, measures your vaginal contractions. Ooh. And they're on this whole incredible thing. Um Another very gay thing I did was this all-women's festival where we all, like, masturbated with the lioness, but... Um, fun! Um, the definition of gay is fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, so it, like, measures your vaginal contractions, and they have this theory that there's, like, three types of contractions. The um, waves, so it's oceanic, mm-hmm. which is, like, yeah, mm-hmm. There's an avalanche, which is... Yep. And then there's, like, a volcano, which is... Right? Uh-huh. And so they, like hypothesize that like you're one of the three but you can also be like a combination of them yeah so i'm like a volcanic a volcanic ocean um so like you have an an ocean rising (laughs) yeah um but so but no that is like a really helpful way to like figure out like how to describe your orgasm yeah it's like very very cool and how do you think men would i would theirs all be volcanic Cause it's like this, like like I can feel when a guy's about to come. Cause they're dick kind of. I like, love it. It goes like this. I feel like they get bigger a little bit, like right before. Just like it, just like contract. And then it's like this, like boom, and then they're like, oh, we covered a city, we're done. <laughs> like Pompeii. Like Pompeii. Pompeii. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call that. Okay. 
We should ask. I don't know. People who have penises should write in and tell yeah, us. Yeah, that would be very helpful. Called, yeah. There's this thing called the point of no return for people with penises. Have you heard of that? Really? Yeah. Can't not come. So like, but by a lot. Like the refractory Yeah, like biologically there. Well, so it's basically like biologically there's a time that when a person with a penis starts coming that they can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, like no. the house could fall down. Um, the house could fall like down. Things me. could happen so around them, like, and they can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I feel like yeah, that's kind yeah, of exactly. like me too. Like I see that porn where like women are like denied orgasms, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm not gonna come because you say not yet. Like yeah. I don't know the amount of things I've been late to this year. Oh, you don't you don't like like orgasm <laughs> training? I I mean I would be very interested in orgasm training because I so don't believe it. You know what's yeah. interesting? Also, so if you want to help me about edging. train, hit us up. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting, though, too, about like having men describe their orgasms is I didn't know before how come that men could orgasm and not come. Yeah, and they can come and not orgasm. Yeah, and, or like, like, and a lot of little boys started, and they were orgasming before they were splooging, which is like, whoa. Yeah. Well, because they don't... They don't uh, Produce until yeah. they're like 12. But it's still a Maybe. valid orgasm. And right. I've been thinking this whole time that the orgasm's not valid unless there's literal swimmers coming out of it. And like, no. But that ties into our whole like belief, like an orgasm not being valid. Is it just such it's a crazy? It's, it it yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to like say that. We're just going to scream so at each real. other that it's crazy for a while. <laughs> it, it yeah, agree. Really I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> we think that like some orgasms are real and some orgasms are not real. And like, yeah. Like, just have a good fucking time, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. For people who, going back for a second, for people who don't know what orgasm training is, it's basically, <laughs> I don't know if any of you, you have ever taken um, a, a psychology class, but it's basically like, it's like how you train a dog with a treat, honestly. Mm. So essentially, like, that old experiment, Pavlov's dog, is when, like, you were giving, yeah. um, you would ring a bell, and then the dog would salivate, and you'd give them a treat. And so they found that, like, when they would ring a bell, the dog would salivate even when they weren't getting a treat because they had been conditioned. So the same thing happens with orgasm training where you associate a, a word or a phrase or a tone of voice with an orgasm and practice it and practice it. So then when somebody does it, you may just be able to orgasm mentally and in your body um, without any stimulation. Yeah, I guess my last question is not so much about coming, but I think it's great how well your show has been doing. And obviously you guys have had success in your respective fields before this. And so I wonder if you have any advice for female-run creative content. Ooh. Um, or female run or female creators do the thing that you think is important I literally had a friend reach out to me when I said I was starting the podcast and she was like don't do this Um, not even because it was like smutty she's like there are other podcasts that exist which is a crazy thing to say Um, but if you think something's important do it like I literally considered not doing it because of that comment Um, and now it's been so helpful to so many people. So I'm really happy that I powered through that and definitely be yourself because everyone else is taken. Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite quote. It's good. Is that really Oscar Wilde or is that one of the fake they falsely attributed ones? You know, it's probably falsely attributed. It's one of the shot glass Oscar Wilde <laughs> yeah, There you go. There you go. That's that's really good advice. And I think we'll put this in backward for because one thing that I, when we were talking about describing orgasms, um, so John, if you're the one editing this, put this before. Um, Hi, John. Um, 
talking about like uh, men describing their orgasms, we had a really interesting um, person write in who had started who has a penis but started hormone replacement therapy and mm-hmm. went on estrogen. Mm-hmm. She talked about I think her pronouns are she her um, mm-hmm. talked about how like her orgasms had changed totally. So she was she encouraged us to talk about orgasms in terms of like testosterone driven people versus estrogen yeah. driven people, yeah. which is really interesting. So when we're talking about how like the way that like men's orgasms are maybe it, like has a different effect on like their levels of testosterone or I don't know just like wanted no, to put that in there. My friend Gina was on our podcast um, and she's trans and she is on hormone therapy. Gina Bloom? Yes. She was on. on. Yeah, she's the best. And she <laughs> Did was she like, find yeah, her my, couple, her gay couple that LA she can now, unicorn for? She didn't tell me that she wanted to do that. Oh my God. Um, but she said, yeah, her penis wasn't working and she was pissed and finally her doctor was like, get on dick pills. Like you want your same orgasms the way that they were? Oh. Like, like accept your body like you you enjoyed it then like you just let yourself have this and let yourself still feel womanly mm-hmm. and feminine yeah like your part doesn't define your soul yeah but it does define your orgasms so try to have those as best as you can mm. oh i love that that's a great that's a great way to end yeah oh that's really <laughs> true oh my god thank you so much Before we finish up, I just want to tell you all about some updated happenings in the world of sluts and scholars. Firstly, we love providing content for you and have been doing it on our own dime for most of two years. We would love to keep going, so please think about signing up for our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. Check out patreon.com slash sluts and scholars. Also, as you may already know, we're part of an amazing podcast collective known as Pleasure Podcasts. For a few weeks, we're going to feature a trailer from our Pleasure Podcast family. If you like Sluts and Scholars, you will probably like the rest of the collective. Here's one who also happens to be from a past guest. Hey, I'm Sunny Megatron from American Sex, a podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of fuck. Ooh, that's kind of a trashy first impression, isn't it? I'm so sorry. Okay. <clears throat> On American Sex, Ken Melvoinberg and I explore our guests' deepest, darkest sexual secrets, hangups, fantasies, and victories. Each episode reminds us that in this fine country of ours, no matter our differences, we all want and deserve the same things. Freedom and happiness and f***. Find American Sex on iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcast services or at americansexpodcast.com. A Sluts and Scholars. Thank you.